He'll make it for sure. Now that's why I backed him on Tab Touch. Hey, Luke. Yes, Gene Simmons. He's probably the best when it comes to this stuff. Thanks, Gene. You've got the touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle and, well, the NBL action returned with a bang. We had a week off, but round nine, no shortage of drama and no better person for me to break it all down with than the former Southeast Melbourne Phoenix coach, Simon Mitchell. So we'll we'll get stuck into a, a coach being ejected, the travel schedule of the league being called into, into question, a stunning Taipans performance, especially, I thought, by, by their coach, Bryce Cotton sending a message that this is still his league. Some injuries and unfortunate injuries. Some good, bad and indifferent performances right across the board. So I'm Chris Pike. We're here thanks to Hoop7 and Tab Touch. But Simon Mitchell, I'm delighted to be joined by you for this week because there's a there's a lot to get through. Another busy week in basketball. And thanks for having me. No, thanks for thanks for being with us once again. Um, it was good fun catching up with you and Cody last week. We got a little bit of feedback from our discussion about the the jersey retirements at each club. A couple of names were were thrown up. Daryl McDonald's name. I want to get your thoughts on first of all. He's he's a fascinating one because I guess it just depends if Melbourne United is calling on the North Melbourne Giants, the you know the Titans, and all of those that history as well as the Melbourne Tigers or or, or not. Where did you sit on on DMAC? Yeah, um, well, firstly, D-Mac's one of my all-time favourites. Yeah. Um, he's a mate. He's someone I care about very much. Um, and uh, it was a real honour to be on the coaching staff mm. while he was at Melbourne Tigers. Yeah. And I guess if he was to be have his number retired at Melbourne, I don't think there's any shame or embarrassment. No, no. He's one <laughs> of the greats. Yeah. Um, and even in, his, even in his time at the Tigers, I know he rode the pine a little bit while mm. Lindsay was finishing up, but once Al took over, took the reins, he went back to his prominent self and, and he was a real key cog on some championship teams there at Melbourne. And, um, and from memory, that was even into his early 40s, wasn't it? Yeah, well, he's still throwing it down at training, and he's well into it, well into his forties. So yeah, he, he he was just a marvel, um, and such a unique player to our game. Yep. So he he will definitely be honoured if he's not already as a, an NBL um, mm. or Hall of Famer. Absolutely, I would. I would love to walk into Coburg Stadium on a Friday <laughs> night and see his number hanging from the rafters there um, mm-hmm. in acknowledgement because you can go in there and see the old championship banners and mm. and whatnot. Yeah. But I'm not sure he's quite retirement of the jersey at Melbourne Tigers. Um, again, I think it's right there. I, I, I'm, I'm fairly bullish. Like, you know, some of the people who've had their numbers retired or their names retired in Sydney, I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Pick the hat to them, but I, I just don't see it. And I, I just think it's for the all-time great servants of a club. And he's a great servant of the game. Certainly a great servant of the North Melbourne Giants slash Victoria oh, Giants slash Titans. Yes. <laughs> so you follow that 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 license to wherever it goes. Mm. Um, I think at the Melbourne Tigers, he was an absolute star role player. Yep. 
Um, and I'm not sure that quite qualifies for your jersey. Now, having said that, Warwick Giddy's jersey is there, but he was there a lot longer. Um, and, um, you know, it was a starter for like 10 years and, and, and an integral part, and as DMAC was an integral part, but an integral part for a team of, you know, 10 plus seasons, 500 odd games. So I, I would I would hesitate to put Mac in as, as a Melbourne Tigers great, but certainly a North Melbourne slash yes. uh, Titans. One of the all-time best. Yep, no, completely agree. I mean, when I grew up watching the NBL, what I picture is him running around in those North Melbourne Giants uniforms. That's what I, what I picture when I when I think of DMAC. Eric Cooks was the other one thrown up at the Illawarra Hawks by Julian O'Brien. Where did you Where did you sit on that one? Um, again, if we go in the Sydney route, you know, he probably qualifies as that great servant of the club. Um, you know, he played. Handful of seasons as well into his career. Uh, I think he was mid 30s when he joined them. Um, and then was obviously a long time assistant coach and took the reins there for a short while as well and then returned to the assistant coaching role. So if, if they wanted to honour him in some sort of way, um, but I, I think retiring the jersey, which for me, once again, that's, that's about your playing career, uh, I think he's a little ways off. You know, he, 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 he was. An incredible player in the SEABL with yep. Ballarat Miners, and if, if anyone needs their number retired in the Siebel, it's him. And he was unbelievable there. Um, it took that team to a state championship, which may not sound like a big deal, but had to beat Melbourne Tigers to mm. win that state championship. And we're talking an NBL star started NBL yeah. Melbourne Tigers. And he was the key cog in those teams. So an amazing player, but again, um, I think retiring the number is about purely what you did on the floor as a player. And um, I don't think he was um, amongst the greatest Illawarra players of all time, even on his own team. So, no, I'd pass on on Eric on that one. Yep, yep, there we go. That that must mean we're going to get some holes punched in the roof at Wynn Entertainment Centre again, does it? (laughs) Uh, All right, there's a lot to break down out of what we saw in round nine in the NBL, Simon. Um, Before we start breaking down things piece by piece, what stood out to you when you look back on the weekend? What what, what were your thoughts as I I talk through some some noises by my little puppy Elvis in the background? (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll take Elvis on this one. I, I, um, I was just really grateful watching the games on the weekend of some of the amazing players that we have in our league and the performance Bryce put on, I kind of just sat back and just said, geez, we're so lucky to have this bloke. Like he's, he's the greatest import we've ever had. Um, and he's a wonderful citizen. He does amazing things time after time. And I, I just was grateful to be able to sit and watch in the comfort of my home late at night. And, uh, and just marvel at, the, at what he is as a basketballer. So, uh, and then watching Tazzy a few nights later, and there wasn't a whole lot to like about the game. Um, I did like their foot on the throat approach. Yeah, sure. Um, it was a very, very soft kill. I thought, yeah, we'll get into Adelaide a little yeah. bit later. But, um, but again, just to watch Milton Doyle, and, and just he just seems like such a wonderful person. And, and both of them just great citizens, the way they carry themselves. And I just, for me, you know, I think the NBL is really lucky to have people of that calibre. So, yeah, I mean, on top of some outstanding games, um, some really close contests, that was the thing that just stood out for me was just, geez, we're lucky. We're lucky to have these guys. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great call. And, and like you like you talked about last week, we hope to see Milton Doyle play out the rest of his career here here in the NBL at the Jack Jumpers. And it's, it's really hard to see Bryce doing anything but finishing out his career at the Wildcats as well. So 
Um, I think that's a, a great call and a, a great way to start. Let's get it stuck into some things. I, I want to start with the Cairns Taipans on on Sunday against Melbourne United, but also what Adam Ford did over the fever break. So he took that break and I think he took stock of the fact that they weren't playing well offensively and he wanted to change things up. And he, he talked post-match a little bit about how his whole coaching career so far as a head coach, he's tried to resist going to the, the flex offense that he, he learned under Trevor Gleeson. But over this fever break, he thought he might implement it. And there were signs of it working against Brisbane, but gee, it worked amazingly well against Melbourne. And there were other things he did. I love what he did with changing up the starting lineup by going with guys that finished the game well against Brisbane as well. But what did you think overall of the coaching performance that by, by Adam Ford? Forty is an outstanding coach, and I think uh, he had one of his outstanding nights, you know, up against Dean Vickerman. Um, certainly, the flex played a, a role in their dismantling of Melbourne. I, I would probably hesitate to say it had as large a role as maybe some other aspects of the game. Um, I, I thought certainly early, um, and, and it stands out because they actually scored off the flex cut, you know, off yes. that baseline flex cut, and, and that was picking on Chris a little bit. I thought. Chris had one of his poorest defensive games for maybe his poorest this year. Um, he was pretty willing to run into screens. Um, his recovery after getting around those flex cuts was slow, if at all. Um, and and they, they made it pretty, you know, I thought Melbourne made it a little bit easy. Now, clearly they weren't ready for it. It took them a little bit by surprise because uh, in that first half, that they, they were staying with them in. Like when you, when you go in the flex, you know, you probably need to be in a position to switch. And at the very least, if you're going to stay with your player, you, you want them to go in one direction. So you want them to go under screens or over screens, whichever you choose. Mm-hmm. But Cairns were doing whatever they wanted against Melbourne in their structure in that half court. Now, you know, they had uh, 10, 10, 10 odd, or 8-odd points, I think, um, mm-hmm. out, of, out of their half court structure in the first half. Um, Melbourne made the change at half time. They had one really nice play out of the flex. Again, they got to pick on Chris a little bit, and mm-hmm. JLA tried to overhelp. That was on that baseline cut, but they they picked on him a little bit. And other than that, there was, a I think, a full qual hit a, a running mid-range <laughs> mm. shot that really was just everything Mel- Everything Melbourne would have accepted and said, yep, we're living with that. Otherwise, I thought they shut it down pretty good in that second half once yep. they made yep. the adjustment to the half-time just switching those screens. So the other aspects of the game that I thought that Cairns excelled at, though, was, it was just they're running it um, down Melbourne's throat. And yeah. and just even after made baskets, and, and Dean Vickerman would be absolutely furious, not just at the loss because he's, he's a competitive bugger, but it's the way Melbourne lost. That was it was pretty poor. Um, you know, as I said, I thought Chris had a pretty poor game defensively and he's been pretty solid this season. Um, he had, a, I thought Luke Travers was poor defensively, mm. um, you know, and he's been one of the premier defenders in the league. I thought he made a lot of mistakes, um, especially in transition, not covering for JLA when... Um, when um, uh, Josh Roberts was able to get a head start on him, you know he was already back, and he could have, you know, either taken him as the deep runner or at least just put a body on him to slow him down a little bit. But uh, he missed a couple opportunities to do that, and he also had some breakdowns in the half court. And yeah, I thought Melbourne's transition defense. Now that I looked at the stats, and they had him down for twenty points, so I was like, no, nah, that's not right. There was more than that. So I went through the film um, this afternoon uh, when I got home from work, and. Uh, and I came up with 26 points. So, yep, yep. yeah, I, I'm backing myself in because I've got it on video. <laughs> that was right. <laughs> so they give up 26 points in transition, mm. um, and, and Dean Vickerman will be absolutely filthy. And I dare say the boys at Melbourne United had a rather uncomfortable video session this morning. Yeah, yeah, and we'll get to it later. But now he has to take it, take that out on his old mate Justin Schiller this Sunday as well. So it'll be interesting how that plays out. 
from a coaching point of view, how tough is it to make changes to your rotation? I mean, we we virtually haven't seen Josh Roberts or Jonah Antonio at all this season. But then late in that game against Brisbane, when the Taipans came back from 20 points down, they got within three and almost stole that game. Those two guys were key to, to that turnaround. And then they were rewarded on Sunday by getting the start. Does that take a lot of guts as a coach to, to make a call like that? Oh, I think it can and it can't. Mm. Um, and, and without sitting on the fence on that one, I, I think this was a tremendously brave one mm. and great coaching and, and, and great faith in some players that haven't been given some opportunity. And the Antonio one kind of puzzles me a little bit because when you've got a flamethrower like that, I, I always want to get him a minute or two here. You know, like he's had some DMPs. And I'm like, mm. gee, as a kid, I'd just give a shot every game and just see if it's on or off. Um, because he he can, as we saw, even just the start of the game, he's come down, drilled a couple of threes, late late shot clock. You know, those are the sort of things that uh, that they're worth their weight in gold. And and as we know, they're not a particularly great uh, half court offense. So he can give them something that uh, that they don't have. And, and they're not a deep shooting team in that back court. You know, most of those guys would rather operate in the mid range or on the rim. So yeah, I'm surprised he doesn't play as much. But I thought entering him into the starting lineup, Chris had a little bit of trouble with him at times. Um, he got lost in transition uh, a, a couple of times. Was able to just. Melbourne United guys struggled to find him and he got himself set in transition, knocked down some threes and yeah, had a really good impact on the game and obviously uh, Josh Roberts was spectacular, yeah, 20 <laughs> points. Uh, yeah. And I'll be honest, I know nothing about the kid. You know, I know he went to Manhattan, which isn't exactly the breeding ground of uh, great basketball talent. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he hasn't played to this point. I'm thinking, geez, they must have a kid who's, who's you know, not up to it. But we saw... On, on, in the game on Sunday that he's, he's definitely up to it. He's got uh, quite a bit in the kit bag at both ends of the floor. Yeah, we'll get to him a bit later as well once we get to our Galen winner for this week. Let's stick with the coaching discussion because I want to talk, get your thoughts on Modi Mayor because I feel like on Thursday he got ejected at halftime of that game in Christchurch against the Adelaide 36ers. I feel like he, <laughs> listening to his explanation, he didn't swear, he didn't abuse the referees, he was just trying to get, a, get an answer. I mean, we've seen coaches behave worse than this and not get ejected. You've seen it close hand last season from the eventual team. Sure um, <laughs> uh, um, we, we, I mean, we, we saw the, the championship winners from last year as well. Their coach not get ejected for much worse than this. I mean, now that you've heard Modi's explanation of the whole situation, did he deserve to get ejected at halftime? No. Hmm. No, he didn't. No. I mean... I guess it's a funny one. Like everyone was put on notice, right? Yes. Um, going into the week, Modi thought he'd try his arm and lost. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, it should have been a, um, a warning to everybody else. Uh, I thought the coaches behaved themselves relatively well um, over the course of the week. So I think they've read the tea leaves that were you know, fairly present to everybody. Modi obviously didn't catch up on the uh, <laughs> the release during the week. Um, but having said that, I think it was Chris Reed that ejected him. It I thought it, 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 it reeked of sensitivity. Uh, I think you've got to be able to absorb some questions. Um, and as Modi said, we take him at his word, he wasn't cussing and, mm. um, you know, and he, he didn't seem out of control. Um, I think we've seen Modi far more animated than <laughs> yeah. he was at that half time. Yes. And so, yeah, I mean, on the surface, um, I would say that uh, he's probably uh, been dealt a, a tough one there. And uh, yeah, he got to please explain for the post-match too, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And I... Yeah. Oh, I'm scratching my head on that. Uh, I've got no idea what he, what he said incorrectly or wrong or... Yeah, I might send my own personal... <laughs> 
please explain to via Twitter to the NBL. <laughs> well, I mean, as you know, I'm I'm part of all those post match press conferences, so I, I was listening to Modi and I interacted with him, and I all I heard from him was him explaining the situation. He explained that he wanted to get answers. He didn't didn't cuss, didn't swear. He didn't swear until he was alone back in the lo- in the locker room watching the game on his own. I mean, I I think he's a man full of integrity. I take him by his word. And I don't feel like he said anything that was criticising the referees either. He was just pointing out the, the differential in the foul count, which for them has been an ongoing thing. I mean, I'm not sure he's got anything to answer for, does he? No, I wouldn't think so. I, I would I'd really, I'd be, I think you've got to, you know, tread these situations carefully. And we talked about it the other week, um, you and I, about how I saw my role as a coach is that you want to sort of invite people into the game and, and give them as much information as possible and give them honest and depth, you know, answers with some sort of depth. Um, and I thought Modi gave us that in, in his press conference. And um, if we're going to get punished for that, then we're probably going to see more press conference like we had maybe at the Sydney Kings last year that mm. go for two and a half minutes. Yes. No comment, no comment. Mm-hmm. I don't talk about that. And you <laughs> yeah. get up and walk out. Like, is that what we want? Because if we push too hard, I think that's what you're going to get from the coaches. And, and that's not helpful for the growth of our game. No, completely, completely agree. I appreciate from my perspective as part of those, the coaches that are willing to discuss things. I mean, they were mighty tough ones to do with Chase, but someone like you, someone like Modi, there's some, someone like Scott Roth, the guys that are willing to actually have a conversation about what they think and feel are the, the ones that, you know, make it worth watching, to, to be honest, for, for anyone. And this is for the fans. I mean, you're talking to your fans. We want to hear some honesty. Yeah, I even took it from Modi in that press conference and it kind of warmed the cockles of my heart a little bit when he said it about we all care about this league. Yes. He, he stated that in the press conference. And, and you know, you, you get a foreign coach and, and we've seen it in the past throughout the, the history of the NBL. You know, they've come in here, they get their paycheck, they win some games, they're looking for the greener pastures. And, and um, Modi talked about our league. He wants to, you know, we care about our league. He mm. feels like this is part of his league. He is part of the league. And I would love him to continue to feel that way. And he has a long and illustrious career in the NBL as the head coach of the New Zealand Breakers. And yeah, we want to hear what he's got to say because he's insightful. He comes from a different perspective. He's obviously culture, from a different culture and a different mm. background than everybody else. And he brings a different viewpoint. And I think we want to welcome that and encourage it and embrace it because I think it makes part of what the NBL is special. Absolutely. And we don't want to drive him away from the league. I feel like the enjoyment from someone like Aaron Baines has been driven out of him the way things have gone for him over the last 18 months. We don't want to, you don't want people like that driven out of the league. We want them to, to stick around. Speaking of making life tough for people, the travel schedule in the, in the league. Before, before I get on to what happened for the Breakers and 36ers on the weekend, you've been through this. I mean, you, you are the perfect person to ask because some of the travel schedules you dealt with, especially last season, especially when you were throwing that extra game in between a in between a road trip, um, what do you, what do you make of the, the NBL schedule in general and the the travel the way the travel's handled? Yeah, well, I think there's there's two ways to approach this. One, the, the now I'm gonna have to put a little bit of a clause in this one. You know what the, the the travel schedule is at the start of the year, and you have an opportunity to go back to the league and say, look, we're not happy with this. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're playing New Zealand, quite often New Zealand will leave the way wherever you're playing because they like to play out of different gyms as to be to be confirmed. Yes. So you're not necessarily sure which gym you're playing at. Now Christchurch poses a problem because it's it's uh, it's different travel route, different flights, um, et cetera, et cetera. So getting into, into Christchurch and getting out of Christchurch, there's, there's less opportunities than say getting into Auckland. Yeah. So 
when you get your, your season schedule to start with, man, we've played out of Christchurch quite a number of times. Mm. And and we've been in that same situation as what Adelaide and um, and New Zealand found themselves in the other day. I remember very clearly getting up at 3.30 in the morning to get the 7 a.m. flight out mm. of Melbourne to get to Christchurch. And I remember getting up at 4 a.m. and going to, the, to get to the airport at 4.30 mm. after the game to fly back to, to Melbourne, to get a flight back to Melbourne um, on the 6 a.m. flight. Mm. So it's um, these are things that we've experienced. We did it last year and as we usually do when we come out of you know, a Perth road trip or Christchurch road trip, we usually get someone like Melbourne United sitting there waiting for us. <laughs> yes. Um, and, 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 of course, we had Melbourne United sitting there waiting for us last year, but we were actually able to get a couple of wins yeah. um, after our games the last two times, I think, we were in Christchurch. So um, I'm sure there's some historians there could probably say that wasn't true, but I know definitely <laughs> last year we played in Christchurch and got beat, beat up pretty bad and then came back to Melbourne and beat Melbourne uh, it, 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 uh, in Melbourne, obviously. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a tough travel. My concern about Adelaide and the way they've handled this, and I wasn't paying great attention, but I think there was an interview with Trey Cal um, yeah, talking in, about in the, the travel. In the pre-game, there was, yeah. Yeah, so already they've all, it's in their minds. They're talking about it. Yeah, certainly there's, there, there's, there's things that happen that you've got to overcome. Um, and you want to make sure that the players aren't thinking about that. That's not the focus. We won't make excuses for itself. But the little bits and pieces that I heard about, it sounded like they had already resigned the fact that this was going to be a little too difficult. Yep. Um, and the performance they served up was absolute garbage. So, yeah, I mean, they can talk about the travel. Um, the travel has existed for a long time. Um, it's been worse for other teams and other circumstances. Um, I know we had to come back from a Perth game that we finished at whatever time it finishes, Melbourne time in Perth, midnight, mm. fly back the next morning and then we had to, sorry, the next night, and we, we couldn't get back until 11 o'clock at night and then we had to sit on a bus and go to Bendigo to play at 12 o'clock the next day, yes. guess who, Melbourne United. Yep. And, and you know, everyone was riding us off and, and we ended up, you know, we were down pretty early but we ended up pulling back in and, and making a really good game of it. Mm. And those are the opportunities that you want because when you steal those games or even if you just put in a really tough effort, uh, I think we went down by just a couple of points against a fresh opponent. Mm. And when you put in an effort like that, it galvanizes and creates a group. And you can walk out with the loss, but with your chin out high. Um, Adelaide can't do that. Mm. And, you know, the excuse, the finger pointing, I mean, it's just, it's going to be tougher here for them if that's the, if that's the road they're going to travel. Uh, I agree, because I feel like the Breakers and the Sixers were in the same situation. They both had to play in Christchurch yep. on Thursday night, so it's not really a home game for the Breakers. They had to fly from Auckland down to Christchurch, and then exactly. they had to go on to Melbourne to play Saturday, and then the Sixers had to go to, to Hobart to play. So they were both in the exact same situation. But what I what I felt from the Breakers, I know that they ran out of legs in the second half, but I didn't hear them making any excuses. They, they just accepted the way it was. They accepted they got beaten by the Phoenix, but they still... You know, they still gave their all. I felt, I mean, you touched on it already, but I felt like even before the game started, Adelaide was ready with their excuse about why they weren't going to play well in, in that game. And it's not a good sign, is it? Well, they followed through. <laughs> they did. They did. Before, <laughs> before we take a break, um, I want to get your thoughts on the, the 36ers because coming into the fever break, we thought they might have turned a corner. We thought they might have turned a corner a couple of times, but these last, these last, couple of games this weekend, especially the way they've started. So, I mean, you, you can be tired late in a game after travel, but there's no excuse for starting a game slowly. So 62 to 32 in their first quarters across these two games on the weekend. What are your concerns with the 36ers? 
Uh, concerned. Yeah, I was, I was disappointed. I, I was really reluctant to tip New Zealand last week in our tips. I thought, okay, Adelaide got them down there last time. Mm. I thought maybe New Zealand had an eyeball on the NBA game that was coming up yes. and you know that could have contributed to their loss. And I thought, well, I'll give New Zealand another crack at it. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I find that they're in a, a difficult position, Adelaide, uh, after this week. Mm. Um, they did carry a little form in, and that form gave them a little bit of hope um, into that fever break. I think they're they're in a tough position right now. You got a coach who's you can feasibly say is, is coaching for his life. Yes, he's got the players that he trusts, and you've probably got a team. If you're looking at it from outside the basketball bubble, that you're thinking it might be time to give the kids a go. Mm-hmm. Let's have a look at Galloway and see what he's got. Let's have a look at the the young guys, and, and you know. And some of the guys who you might not be there next year, maybe it's time to park them a little. And it's a tough one for CJ because he's a fighter and a, you know, a great ambassador for the league. Love the guy to death. And I'm hoping Adelaide turn it around and turn it around quick. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. Like, do you tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, let, let's have a look at the kids? Mm. And that puts him in a tough position now. Like, where, where his confidence is, is he's, he's clearly got some guys he has a little bit more faith in. But those, those guys aren't rewarding him right now in that first quarter. So we saw what Forty did straight yes, away. Yes. We saw some effort there in the, in the late moments in the Brisbane game through caution to the wind. And they came out and they, they got a hold of Melbourne very, early, very, very early. Um, so I think it's time to take some chances there in Adelaide, especially with that starting group. No, totally agree. All right, Simon, that's been a lot to cover. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, plenty more to, to talk about about what, what we saw over the weekend. Wonderful. Look forward to it. He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tap Touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Okay, back on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. I'm here with Simon Mitchell. And I can just sit back and listen to you break down what we're seeing all day, Simon. So thanks for your, your insights. I want to, another one of your old mates, Justin Schuller. He would have been as relieved as anybody to get over the line in those two games on the weekend against Cairns and then against the Hawks. But it wasn't still without some fourth quarter wobbles, especially against the Taipans. They went up 20 um, to start the fourth quarter when they hit a couple of threes and then the Taipans had a chance to, to at least tie scores up in the last minute. Um, when you've had a, had the three bad losses that they've had in the last two minutes of games, is it a relief no matter how it how the wins come as long as you just get these wins and then you can, can build on it from there? Yeah, look, <laughs> it will. It's certainly relief. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt. Like, when you drop in a few of these close ones, it, it's 100% going to be relief. But at the same time, he's an extraordinarily wise coach and he's a basketball addict and he's, he's breaking down the game in his head. And now it's about, okay, <laughs> we've done some things that aren't that great. Even though we got the win, do we, do we hammer that? home or do we just let the players enjoy the win and it's, it's a it's a flip of the coin in which way you go yes you certainly okay in a couple of things we could tidy up and you may just do it individually with a couple of players rather than doing it as a group because you want to keep that vibe going of okay we've got the good win we've cracked it we've cracked it we've turned it around let's go but there has to be some sort of education it, it's such a you know we, we looked I remember I was texting with Cody during some games a few rounds back, um, before we had met, yes. <laughs> we were texting, and, and, and it was, and, you know, it was like five out of seven games were decided by who wanted to lose the most. Mm. And, and sometimes that's what happens in basketball, um, or sometimes a team just, despite 
get in the way of themselves, they'll hang on. Now, Brisbane probably had a little bit of that in their in their wins over the weekend, but they secured them. Um, it's got them back on track, and um, Justin will be absolutely thrilled with the wins, but still looking for ways to close out games. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, the guy at the New Zealand Breakers I want to get, get your thoughts on, because you know him very well. You gave him his first chance in the NBL when he was at the Phoenix, started out as a development player, and... I think he's one of the more underappreciated players in the league, and I love hearing Modi Mayor talk about him because every time he's asked about him when he plays well, Modi says he's not surprised, he's not proud, he's just, this is what he expects from him because he's a good basketball player. I mean, Isaiah Leafa had a terrific weekend shooting, seven threes especially on, on Thursday night, but he's a great defender, he does a lot of things well. Can you give me a little bit of an, an insight into, into him? Yeah, so we, we, we got Isaiah out of college. Um, we actually, he played in the New Zealand Basketball League before he came to us, um, where he's a, quite a dominant player. And I was surprised that the, you know, we had him right up near the top of our list of the best available players. And uh, we pitched Yanni, pinched Yanni Wessel, um, and, and, and we got him as well. And we were pretty happy, pretty happy to be able to do that. <laughs> he, he's, a, he's a really quiet kid, um, very shy. Um, lot, lot, lot like, a new, lot, like a lot of New Zealand kids are, mm. and um, but has tremendous self belief and is genuinely tough. Uh, he might be the best post defender in the NBL mm. in the sense that you just cannot move him. He is so strong, so physically strong. He's, he gives up height, and everyone says, like, Oh, well, let's give him a crack. Everyone used to have a go at Casper Weir. They couldn't beat him down yeah. there either. But I think Isaiah next level because he's got even more size and weight. He even and, had one instant, and, instance on Saturday where Daniel Johnson tried to back him down and had no luck. Oh, yeah, no. DJ ended up you know, falling almost to the three-point yeah. line on his fadeaway. Now, DJ has that sort of in the kit bag. But, mm. yeah, that, was, that was, looked a little too easy for Isaiah. <laughs> yes. He's an incredible post defender, really good shooter. His issue with his shooting, and he's not been an efficient player, the, the, the issue with his efficiency is sometimes his shot selection. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can work for him and against him. Uh, you go back, he was a development player for us starting in a playoff team. Yeah. And he and he had that amazing game three and, and almost took us to the final. And and the beauty of that is that that fearlessness um, is that when it's going for him, he's really, really tough and he can make tough shots. But he can also shoot you out of a game sometimes, and, and he, he had a little habit of that of, of just deciding what's a good shot, bad shot. But right now, his decision making's on point, and it needs to be for New Zealand with the loss of Will McDowell White. And um, you know he's going to get his chance; he's going to be prominent. And um, and it, look, he's, he's more experienced. He was, as I said, a development player when he was last, and we had him one year as a uh, as a, uh, a roster player. Mm. Um, and then he, and then you know, his management came to us and said, look. We had him for another year um, on our book, um, but he really wanted to go home. He'd been away at college for four years. Yeah. Um, he'd been with us for two years, at six years on the road, and family was calling. So you know, we gave him the compassion sign-off, and, and he's able to reap in the benefits of that. But, um, yeah, look, the kid has incredible – anyone who plays with him knows his toughness, mm. um, the way he goes about it, and, um, yeah, he's a good kid. Sticking with some guards, um, you touched on Bryce Cotton at the start of the show. I mean, what did you make of his performance on Friday night? I mean, he ended up 41 points. He, he ended up taking 16 free throws, so that's probably a combination of just him being smart. And, and how Damien Martin talked about this. I mean, he's never seen him move faster and 
handle the ball better. I mean, clearly he's feeling good physically and some of that, you know, he's just impossible to guard. So, I mean, you have no choice but to foul him because of what he can what he can do. 28 points in the second half, but he also had seven assists. So he's not just looking for his shot. He's also bringing his teammates into the game. He, he, you know, he won that game for his team against the Sydney Kings. Um, you stuck with him for your MVP tip last week. Gee, it's, it's his MVP award to, to lose almost right now, isn't it? Um, yeah, there were signs before the break that he was starting to find his best. And, and I think John's coach, John, really is, is finding players. I mean, it's his team. Yeah. It's, it's Bryce's team. You go as far as Bryce is going to take you. And I think Coach really has found players that are better at working with Bryce. And he's finding those those guys that help elevate Bryce because mm. Bryce elevates all those around him. So it's kind of yes. a give-give situation and uh, and Perth are really reaping the benefits on that. I mean, he's not bad, is he? He, <laughs> he was a classic effort. Yeah, he got those free throws and, and that's where it comes to... Uh, I'd be interested. I'd have to go back and through the video and, and, and have a look at that game again. Um, it was on pretty late here yeah. in Melbourne on, on the Friday night. It was... Um, I'd like to see who fouled him and this is something where you, I think he had quite a number of free throws coming from three-point attempts in, in the game yeah. from memory. I'd love to go back and, and have a look at who fouled him because you talk about turnover of rosters and you guys coming into the league and those sorts of things, and, and that's going to happen with those guys who haven't played against Bryce before. Or, and the other thing is the, the mismatches. When Sydney switched so much, you get guys who just aren't used to playing against a guy like Bryce, mm. and you get on Bryce Island and you fall into that trap of, of getting into his landing zone, you know, you, you, there's two ways. If you're stuck on his on his on his left shoulder, then you've almost got to go by him and sort of contest from behind. But if you're on his other shoulder, and Trevor was talking about during the contest, you want to get the right hand, right hand sort of mm. um, play on the on, on, so you don't follow through on his body. Yeah. So there's the two ways you've got to try and defend his shot. But um, you see those mismatches on you guys in the league, and they seem to make the same mistake and. Yeah, it's a tough lesson. He's, he's, he's exceptional. And here's the thing I was thinking about about that game and you know where it ranks amongst his all-time best. And I reckon it creeps into the top 20. It's <laughs> <laughs> me that you, you're dropping 41 and 7 mm. against the defending champs um, in, a, in, a, in a pretty big uh, pretty big game mm. um, for a regular season game. And it just shows you just how amazing of a basketballer that he is and how lucky we have been to have him because you know that would be the best game 99% of players <laughs> yes. ever play in their life. And it just probably creeps into his top 20 to 30. Yeah, and I think you could see that afterwards, the way he kind of just shrugged it off and it's just a re- regular season game. And he does. He, he, just does yeah. he just does what he does. Not quite as good news out of the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix on Saturday with injury to Craig Moller. It's just horrible luck. I mean, he, I don't know him that well, but he seems like such a great, genuine guy. He's cu- just had to work so hard to come back from a... Another horrible knee injury, and now he's ruptured his patella tendon in his right knee. His season is is over now, unfortunately. Um, just horrible news. And from memory, was he at Melbourne United when you were? He certainly was. Yeah. Um, I, I was heavily into bringing him to Melbourne United the first time. Um, he ended up signing with Sydney. Yeah. Um, we used to get him. We used to get him in the gym, and you know, I was all over him like white on rice. <laughs> I loved his game. Um, and then when we got him out of Sydney to Melbourne, I was heavily involved in that. And yeah, he's just a player I've got a lot of time for. Um, his length, uh, his IQ, you know, his ability to take charges, uh, protect the rim. He's a real glue guy and somebody who was really important for Southeast Melbourne this year. We talked to him last year about coming in. Mm-hmm. He still had the knee issues. He didn't, yeah. he didn't recover. 
and this is brutal for him. It's going to be a long stay on the sideline again. And, um, yeah, I, I hope for him that he can get over this and uh, and play again um, without being too melodramatic. Mm. Um, I, that's my major concern is that I don't want to lose him to the game. He's got too much to offer. Yeah. Um, so I hope that happens. And then, yeah, but, again, we, we, let's just get him fully recovered back on the court as quickly as possible. It would be great for him and great for the league. But it does leave an enormous hole for Southeast Melbourne Phoenix now. No, it does, doesn't it? And, it, and it's, it's not about the numbers. I mean, if anyone looks at these numbers, they might not realise the impact he's having. But you talk to anyone in that organisation, and he's he's the ultimate glue guy. He's he's the ultimate teammate, and he's the guy that brings everything together. I mean, you, you just can't find those guys very easily, can you? You can't. There's not many out there. Um, and I, I really like what Mike Kelly did on, on the weekend um, of having Matt Kenyon in the starting yes, lineup as yes. well. You know, talking about coaches making changes. I thought that was a necessary change, a really good change. That excited me. I thought Kenyon and Moller in the starting five with the other three scorers, that's the starting five I want to see. Mm. Yeah, I, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, and and I, I, I don't feel like Southeast Melbourne can compete without Craig Moller and that current structure. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting quandary that they they're, they're find themselves in now. And uh, where do you go to from here? You know, who's available? Um, yeah. and, 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 you know, do you, do you get drastic? Do you go out there and say, well, we'll, we'll, we'll let, let's maybe we, we shift an import here or there? Mm-hmm. It, it's uh, it's time to, yeah, it's going to be a, a, an interesting few few weeks for the Southeast, I'd, I'd imagine. But, again, they'll need probably just trying to, gather their thoughts over yeah. what's taken place. So really unfortunate for Craig and really unfortunate for the club again. But either way, do you feel like they do need to bring somebody else in to replace him? They, they can't sort of make do with, with what, what they've got? I don't think they've got the playing personnel to make do with. No, yeah. I, I don't think Reese Faye can come into that into that starting or into that lineup. I, I don't think Ruben Tarangi on current form is going to impact. I don't really, I'm not buying into Will Cummings fitting into what they've got right now. Mm. Um, so for me, maybe, maybe. I mean, and again, like you've got to go out into the market and see who's out there. It's not a great time of year to be, to be hunting for imports either. So, um, yeah, I just think it's, I just don't think they can win without Craig Moller out there being highly productive for them. No, it's a, it's a great point. Okay, last, last one before we take our final break. Let's get your Galen winner for this week. The best team man in the NBL and... I love the I love the pick that you've made for the for this one for the, for this week because he's a guy that I spoke to Cody a couple of weeks ago about him and just trying to work out where he fits for the Cairns Taipans if he fits if he should stick around and if it's if it's good for him to be you know staying at a team as an import if he's not playing but from all reports he's been a great great team man around the club at the Taipans he hasn't let his lack of playing minutes get him down and Josh Roberts was instrumental in their fight back against Brisbane on on Friday night, and then again, he started against Melbourne United, and he showed some things that I didn't know that he had. He's bigger than I thought he was, potentially, and, you know, he, he played with great energy, defended their bigs well, finished around the bucket, and just hustled, just gave terrific energy, and, you know, to be honest, it was probably an easy pick for you, Galen. Yeah, it was, um, <laughs> we talk about 40 and pulling the coaching, uh, the coaching job of the season. He, he may have had the worst coaching job of the first eight rounds by not playing the bloke. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Uh, no, so, yeah, no, all seriousness. Um, yeah, it, it, it's really difficult for a guy to sit there on the bench, not get opportunities, and just bide his time. And 
was, was got down, he's waited, and he's obviously kept himself ready. Um, and the moment he was given an opportunity, he's gone out and played exceptional roles in two games, and especially the one against Melbourne United. It's just, you know, that's only complimentary of Rob Lowe earlier in the year about to be a, a great player, no matter what the role. Yes. Whether it was come out, play 20 minutes, come out, play two minutes, come out when you're in street close. He just seemed to be playing whatever role thrown at him to, you know, to the highest level. And, uh, you know, we've seen that with Josh Roberts now. now and, uh, yeah, I thought he was an absolute lay down there for uh, <laughs> Was it just a matter of they've got such great depth in that in that position? I mean, they've got Sam Wardenberg, they've got Sam Meninga, they've got they've got Gak, they've got Bobby Clintman. Is, is there just a logjam in that position or, or what do you think it was? Yeah, look, I'm not sure. You know, he's come from a small school in Manhattan. Mm. Um, it doesn't play at an extraordinarily high level of college basketball. Um, I mean, it's Division One, but it's not in a, a power conference. Yeah. It's a mid-major. Um, so he's in his first pro gig. He's probably got to find his legs a little bit. So, yeah, the other guys, you know, it's, it, it's a big ask. you got a kid out of Manhattan coming his first uh, first gig overseas. There's probably a lot for him to learn. And, uh, and Forty's given him the time. And they haven't obviously jumped at making a decision on him. They've just said, yeah, no, there's something here. Let's just keep working. And, and they've protected him. And, and now's the time to unleash him. And I hope this form continues. Yeah. Um, you know, he was very, very efficient, made some, you know, a couple of unorthodox finishes around the rim. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that's in his kit bag or he just had one of those nights. But, um, but his rim protection was great. Um, and, uh, you know, his ability to run the floor, he kind of embarrassed Melbourne United a couple <laughs> of times did, yeah. getting ahead of that break. So, you know, that work ethic is clearly there. So, you know, that's probably what they've seen at training, that work ethic. And, um, yeah, it was great to see it on, on Sunday versus Melbourne. And, uh, yeah, I wish that young man all the best for the rest of the season. I hope we see more of that. No, absolutely. It was great to see. Um, all right, Simon, we'll take our final break. And when we come back, we'll have a look to round 10 in the NBL. He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tap Touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Okay, back on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. I'm here with Simon Mitchell to wrap up this week's show. Before we get to our preview of Round 10, Simon, Adam Ford was in a good mood on, on Sunday and he had a, had a little shout-out to some people, maybe like us that do podcasts. So I want to get your thoughts on, on what, he's, what he's had to say. Take, take a listen. It's a good thing about the NBL because the, everyone's got a podcast and there's articles and, mm. and then suddenly people start sniffing their own farts and deciding that they're that dude, right? So you've got to stay humble. You've got to keep that balance. Um, stop reading these goddamn award watches this early in the season. No one cares. The reality, too, is someone has a good weekend. Like Perth, for example, they all wanted to sack John really and Cotton was a wash. And now it's like they're all back on the hype train. Just relax, let the season play out, stop with all the garbage and, and, and stay locked in the task at hand. There you go, little rant. There you go, Simon. I'm a, a, um, I, I hope and I assume he wasn't talking about us, but what did you think? Yeah, no, look, I, I, I think it's great. I think he's one of the great characters of the league oh, and... And, and I certainly don't disagree. Uh, I think, and I think what he's probably hinting at is that you have the same people on the telecast who are the same people writing an article, who's the same people doing a podcast, and it's you're getting the same opinions and it bounces around and sort of becomes 
almost fact. Um, but uh, yeah, look, it's he's uh, right though. You know, like there's, there's people who've been you know really hard on on, on John, um, and now they're you know the same bloke's probably slapping him harder on the back than anybody else. So. Yeah. It's um, you're never as good as people say you are, and you're not never as bad as they say you are either. So I think you just taking that approach, and um, yeah, he's a good one for you. I like him a lot. He's um, I don't know him that well. Um, I know him well enough to drop him a line and and have a have a chat. And uh, we always caught up before games and had a good chat. But prior to the NBL, I had no no connection to him. But mm. um, yeah, sitting around waiting for the stats to come out when we're both assistant coaches, we'd get a little chat going and uh, yeah, it's there. And yeah, I'll reach out to him a couple of times just by text messages. Just had a good win and say well done. But um, I haven't done it this week. I'd have to just to crawl up a little bit so he doesn't think we're one of those folks. <laughs> uh, the, the thing I love about him is he just calls it how it is. He doesn't. He doesn't care what anyone thinks about him or his team. He just goes about doing his, his business and calls, calls it as it is. And I mean, it's, it's refreshing, to be honest, to have a, have someone like him in our league and someone who's had to work so hard to get to the position that he's in. He certainly wasn't wasn't handed anything to, to get to where he is. No, he's, he's done it the hard yards. He had his one season in Sydney and was tapped on the shoulder and mm. said, yeah, we, we'd like the, the look of the overseas model better. And, you know, it's pretty tough, especially the fellow Australian case. You, you kind of want to see the Australian blokes get a, a bit more of a crack and, you know, he's in a good position there. And I think the thing that people don't remember about that season for Sydney was absolutely smashed with injury. Yes. And, you know, so they missed the playoffs, but geez, they, they only just missed and um, and they were pretty darn tough when they when they had, you know, most of their roster together. So, yeah, he's a bit unlucky there, but, um, yeah, he's obviously found a home in Cairns. I think he fits Cairns, Cairns fit him, and, um, and I think it's been great for both parties and the NBL. No, I totally agree. I think it's a perfect perfect situation. I think perfect situation for him, but also I think for the Taipans, he's the perfect coach for them. Okay, it's almost amazing to think that I'm about to say this, Simon, but it's round 10 already in the in the NBL starting this Thursday night. This preview thanks to TabTouch and head to tabtouch.com.au or the TabTouch app to get all the odds and to find some of the exclusives, Simon, that Cody's picking out each week. And he's on a bit of a winning streak. Last week, he picked out his couple of exclusives. He had his one for the Wildcats against the Kings on the Friday night and that all came through. So he had Bryce Cotton and Jalen Adams to score 20 plus. They, I think he had the Wildcats at the line and he had Christian Doolittle six rebounds. That all happened. And then then on Sunday, he had one for Melbourne and Cairns and it almost all came through except that he had Joe Luala Chul for a, for a double-double and he got nine points and nine rebounds. So Cody might be a good person to listen to. Yeah, no, no doubt. I, I had Joe Luala Chul for a minus 30 on the plus minus at $250 mm. to one and, uh, yeah, it came out of that really well. Yes, he... he <laughs> I, I, I did keep an eye on these plus minus and and Ariel Huck-Portis. I mean, Ariel was having a much bigger impact on that game. The opposite. They? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it just doesn't work for you. Yeah, I just, just I mean, I looked through those numbers just before. I was quite surprised mm. by it. But, yeah, it, uh, you put the pressure on me because I'm, I'm not a great punter. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, let's have a crack at this. <laughs> All right, so it starts Thursday night. Just the one game, but... This is a nice little rivalry that's that's built up between these two teams. We're, we're up in the far north, the Cairns Taipans against the Sydney Kings. And, gee, it's funny to say, but the Kings Kings need a win. Yeah, look, I wouldn't be getting too nervous just yet. Mm. Um, a win would be good for them. And I think they can go into Cairns and get that win. Yeah, I think we'll see a little bit of switching in this game, just between you and I. So it's about who handles the mismatches the best. Um, 
And, uh, yeah, I, I think the Kings are going to be okay. It's all, it was a tough ass to go to Melbourne and beat Melbourne. It's a tough ass to go to Perth and beat Perth. Um, other than that, they've been pretty solid, um, and they're still developing. And, um, and their and first halves in both those games were terrific, weren't they? Yeah, they've been really good at, at during during mo- the majority of those games. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't be getting too concerned just yet, but you certainly want to put away a few victories, and um, they'll need this one in Cairns. Friday night, just the one game as well. So we've got the Illawarra Hawks. They're they're vastly improved defensively. That's clearly obvious in the two games we've seen under Justin Tatum, but they host a Perth Wildcats team now that has Bryce Cotton, but they're, they're much more than just a one-man team as well. They're on a six-game winning streak as they head into Wollongong. Yeah, and Illawarra has historically struggled with Perth. For and, and Bryce. Seems like 40, 40 years. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think Perth come in and take care of their business there. Um, you know, the, the, the defensive backcourt of Illawarra is not particularly strong. I think uh, Bryce will be salivating a little bit with the opportunity to, to go to those rims and uh, and take care of business for the Wildcats. Yeah, it, it is hard to see how they keep him under control. Okay, the first doubleheader now of this weekend. On Saturday, New Zealand Breakers are back at home. They host the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. These two teams... Their games are not usually pretty against each other, but they're certainly physical and they're certainly entertaining. What do you What are you expecting? Yeah, no, pretty much how you just documented that. They're never pretty. Um, it's funny. I was thinking about that during during the uh, the Cairns Melbourne game, and it was an you know, a viewer standpoint, as good a game of basketball you know as you could watch from an yeah. entertainment standpoint. But then you know, if you throw Cairns and Illawarra in there, or Cairns and Tassie, it's it, it, really tough to watch. Mm. So it is a style of make fights and, and this is one of those ones where Tassie is usually pretty fun to watch and I, and I did enjoy their dismantling of Adelaide to the point that, that, that I enjoyed their ruthlessness. Yes. And and they're looking good doing it but somehow New Zealand and, and Tassie will make it ugly. I'm going to go with Tassie though. I think they do ugly a little better at the moment. <laughs> no, they, they do and they've, they've got that little bit of extra firepower this, this season as well. Second up, second up on Saturday. Um, so the Cairns Taipans have got another short turnaround. So they play at home to Sydney on Thursday. Then they're straight over to Adelaide on Saturday. Um, the Adelaide Thirty Sixes are at home. Do they do they turn things around? Um, no, Cairns will come in and get that, and they won't complain about having had to play on Thursday night either. Yeah, no, Cairns will get that. I've, I've got my concerns about Adelaide after the weekend. I think it's time for just a little reset for them as a group and just say, okay, we've got to take a little ownership of that. It's not on the NBL um, completely. Uh, other teams have handled it better. Let's, let's put our hand up and review the game and what can we do better and how do we approach this game better? How do we get ourselves better prepared and what can we do on the floor? And I really hope CJ just gives the kids a bit more of an opportunity and, uh, yeah, I hope we get a great game out of that one. But I'm thinking Cairns will take care of that. Yeah, it's hard to, to imagine anything anything different. Two more games on Sunday. I'm fascinated to get your thoughts on this one first up. Melbourne United against the Brisbane Bullets. Dean Vickerman against Justin Schuller. But how does Dean Vickerman respond after a pretty poor performance, as we talked about earlier this past Sunday? How does he hit back with his group this week? Yeah, I think it would have been a... Uh, well, firstly, they're a proud club. Yes. Um, and they've got leaders inside the organisation, your Dallies, your Illies, your, your Chris Goldings, um, who are not going to 
um, play a, uh, a silent role. They'll put their hand up for the mistakes they've made. They only made a few defensive areas as well, mm. um, which is unusual. Um, Chris will put his hand up for what he did um, at that end, and they'll be pointing out, hey, we've put our hand up, and they'll be bra- dragging a few guys along with them for some of the transition areas as well. Um, it'll be a very highly competitive week on the practice floor for Melbourne United, and I think Brisbane might feel the uh, the wrath of uh, a proud team that, uh, that got hit the, hit the pride button last week. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm back in Melbourne to take care of business in that one. Just from a Bullets point of view, last time they played in Melbourne, they got they got blown away early. They, they were able to fight back late in that game. Um, Justin's talked a little bit about the lessons they've learned and how that was probably the one game this season that he felt like they didn't compete how they how they wanted. I mean, does Justin go into this game having learned some some lessons too? Yeah, I think so. Without a doubt, I, I remember my first season at South East Melbourne. We we started off three and zero, and we're you know we, we, we probably got a little swagger that we didn't really hadn't earned at that point in time. And uh, we go over to Perth and we come home with our tail between our legs and realizing that we're not that darn good. I think that happened pretty early for Brisbane as well. And mm. and and you know they've prided themselves on on their competitiveness to this point. They've got some great competitors on that team. So I I, I think they'll they'll give a better. Um, showing of themselves in this one than they did perhaps the last game. But uh, I still think Melbourne, with their pride, um, taking a little dent um, and with a point to prove and to get their season back on track and show everybody, hey, we're still the team to beat, I, I think it'll be a tough a tough hurdle for Brisbane. Yeah, they, they generally don't have two poor, poor games in a row, do they? So I think I agree. Last game of the round, this is another fascinating one. So we've got – this is a rivalry that's built, especially last year. You had some fascinating games against the Sydney Kings. So we've got the Sydney Kings at home to the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. What do you think? Oh, yeah, look, it's a tough one. You know what? Southeast really struggle to put a team on the floor against Sydney Kings. Every time yes. we play them, yes. those guys go down before the tip-off. Um, and obviously it's happened again with Craig Mole this week. So, yeah, look, I think Sydney will make it a, a double, get their season back on track. Well, not that their season's off the rails, mm. but just to solidify them in that uh, group of three teams at the top of the table or making it a group of four, so to speak, um, with Perth and uh, Tassie and, and Melbourne. And, yeah, I think they get southeast. I think that uh, I think that the, the switching um, and the athleticism and the ability of Southeast Melbourne to stay in front of the basketball um, against a team like Sydney is difficult. Um, we saw it in the preseason in the first half. I know Southeast came back and won that. I think mm. the, the the queue was well and truly put in the rack um, by Sydney, but there were signs there and the, and the signs that I recognise because we've had the same issues um, of staying in front of some of these guys one on one, man to man. Uh, I'm not sure that Southeast quite have the personnel there for that. So I'm back in Sydney in for that one. No, it'll be fascinating to watch. So we look forward to seeing how round 10 unfolds this weekend. Simon, um, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot for us to cover again this week. This was, again, as always, made possible thanks to Hoops Heaven. So getting very close to Christmas. So anyone that needs to do some some shopping, get some presents, you can jump online at hoopsheaven.com.au or if you happen to be in Perth, Check out the store on Murray Street and you'll find whatever whatever you need. And also, we'll try and help you find some winners as well, thanks to TabTouch. So head to tabtouch.com.au and, and download the TabTouch app. And we'll have some exclusives later in the week that, that Cody will, will help us out with as well and try to keep his winning streak going. So it's been a lot of fun chatting with you again, Simon. Thanks for, thanks for jumping on and giving all of your insights. I'm Chris Pike. I'll sign off and let you have the, the final say for this week.
what are you looking forward oh, to? Appreciate you having me on first, uh, Chris. I really enjoyed it as usual. Um, what am I looking forward to this week? Oh, I'm looking forward to watching Cairns and seeing how they, you know, they set the league alight a little bit on Sunday. Um, I want to see them string a few together and really thrust themselves into the uh, the, the top four conversation rather than just the top six because uh, you know there were signs there in that game um, with a full squad. You know, they do have their deficiencies, but there's there's signs there that um, you know they can be one heck of a ball club. Um, they shot the ball exceptionally well for mid range, um, you know, which I think normal on a normal night Melbourne, you know, I would like, yeah, we'll live with some of those. But uh, yeah, they're, they're they're a fun team to watch when they're when they're flying, and I think them and Sydney's going to be a great one. And um, I'm intrigued by what Adelaide's going to serve up for them and uh, and how that one goes. So yeah, really looking forward to watching the Taipans this week. He'll make it for sure. Now that's why I backed him on Tap Touch. Hey, Luke. Yes, Gene Simmons. He is probably the best when it comes to this stuff. Thanks, Gene. You've got the touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1 800 858 858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.